Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can come together in unity to hear your word and to be changed and transformed by your word. May your truth renew our mind, Lord, that we can have the mind of Christ together, Lord, and it will grow spiritually, we become more effective and fruitful in this one life that we have on this earth. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. This sermon is unusual, not typical sermon I preach, because many months ago, God spoke to me to write down the scripture of the keys to make my life successful, prosperous, fruitful, strong, and happy, and blessed. I have been a Christian for 40 years now. I came from Buddhism. I came from totally anti-Christ. Anti-Bible, anti the kingdom of God. I gave my life to Jesus in 1981. And the minute I gave my life to Jesus, I told God, Jesus, you love me so much. You died for me. You suffered for me. I saw the movie that he was whipped at the whipping post. He cried, but he did not complain. He did not say any bad words. And he was crucified, the nail on his hand to the cross. And then they lifted him up and he suffered so much on the cross for me and for you too, definitely for me, for sure. And when I saw the love of God, I say in my heart that, God, I'm going to give my life to you to become your son. I'm going to follow you 100%. From today on, whatever you tell me, whatever you teach me, you show me in the Bible or by the Holy Spirit, I will go for it. I'm not going to have any reservation. I'm not going to be like a lukewarm Christian. I want to be a hot Christian all the days of my life because you love me. I want to love you back. So all these 40 years, this is my lifestyle. I study the Bible. I listen to good preaching. I put the teaching into practice into my own life. And I walk with God faithfully. I walk with him in obedience and by faith. And I can see in the past 40 years, Because I follow the principle of God. You know, when you buy a Toyota car, you need to get a manual for Toyota car. You don't use the manual of the Honda car. This Bible is the manual for you and me because the one who created you and me wrote this book through his people. So we follow this textbook or this manual. And I noticed that I preached this message not out of theology or doctrine or just idea, but I preach out of my personal experiences of walking with God for 40 years. And I practice all this principle and I can see that that's why my life has been blessed. I am prosperous. My wife is happy. My children are blessed. My grandchildren are blessed. I am very successful in my neurosurgery practice. I'm successful in being a citizen of America, and all this blessing and success and prosperity come because I do my part in obeying God. So this teaching cannot be done within one service because I have limited time. I may have to teach three times. But I'm going to give you some keys that I have practiced for all these 40 years. Since the first day I became a Christian to today, and these keys give me success. Who wants to be blessed and have victory in life? Raise your hand up. Who wants to be poor and defeated? Raise your hand up. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be defeated. How many people want to be sick all the time and failed? No? How many people want to be healthy and live a long life? Raise your hand up. God is a good God. He is a good daddy. And he wants us to be blessed, live a long life, healthy, prosperous, successful. He wants to bless us so that we can be the blessing to the nations, to other people around us. He wants us to be debt-free. He wants us to be strong, to be the 
a blessing to a lot of people around us. He doesn't want us to fail and to be sick and poor. If you study the Bible carefully, you can see that that is the will of God from the beginning. When Adam and Eve opened their eyes to become a human being, do you know what is the first thing he said to Adam and Eve? He said to Adam and Eve, I bless you. You shall multiply and fill the earth and you shall have dominion over the fish of the sea and the animal of the land. He said, I bless you. So the original plan of God is to be blessed. We are blessed. But the problem is that human beings nowadays have problems because we don't obey God. And we do our own things. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. After Adam and Eve rebelled against God by eating the fruit of that tree. Bam. Curses, problems, death, sickness, poverty, broken home, bad marriages, and all these things happened because they rebelled against God. So what is the key to go back to the original plan of God in the book of Genesis, chapter 1 and 2? Let me give you one key at a time. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what he promises. God has promises for his children. According to some people's conception and of slowness, but he is long-suffering, extraordinarily patient toward you. Not desiring, not desiring that any, even one person in this planet Earth should perish or being destroyed. He doesn't want anyone to be sick, to die soon, to be poor, to be in big debt, or to be destroyed. But that all, what is the key to get out from being perished? That all should turn to repentance. The first important key is repentance. What is repentance? Repentance means I agree with God that I have a bad attitude. I have a wrong motive. I have a bad lifestyle, wrong behavior. God, I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me and I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to turn 180 degrees and follow your way. Do we sin? Has Pastor Lao sinned against God? Yes. But I need to repent every single day. In the past, when I heard the word, the good news, and the word, the gospel, when I heard that, when I was a young believer many years ago, I was thinking about that God forgive my sin, Jesus died for me, I don't need to go to hell, I can go to heaven, that's it. But lately, the Holy Spirit revealed to me something deeper. You remember Jesus say in Mark chapter 1 verse 15, he said this way, the kingdom of God is at hand or near. Therefore, believe in the gospel and repent of your sin. What is the key to get into kingdom of heaven to receive the things of heaven number one believe in the good news what does it mean it means that jesus is the lord of your life he is your savior and now you treat him as the lord you don't treat him as somebody just to bless you give you things he say anything you say i agree you are my lord you are my master you are my king I'm going to follow you. You die for me, you pay for my sin. But not only that, repent of your sin. Repentance is the key to victory in life. We need to repent every single day. We need to really agree with God. My brother and sister, sin causes damage. The damage can happen right away or it can happen 10 years later. Sin causes corruption decay and death and it can happen right away within a few days you get the police catch you and go to jail it can happen or 10 years later you get into big trouble because you sin against god and you reap what you sow that's therefore if you love yourself don't sin against god if you love your children don't sin against god amen yesterday pastor doug and i gave counseling to somebody and Pastor Dad talk about my family. My f- ancestors, all of my ancestors did not believe in God. So the men's side commit adultery. 
the female side commit adultery, something like that. Very mess before I came into the world. It's a mess, my family, because they did not know Jesus. And they did a lot of bad things. And when I was growing up as a young boy, I had the same tendency to, to be unfaithful, to be playing around and have bad ideas when I was growing up. Until one day I gave my life to Jesus in 1981. I say, okay, stop. I want to have a happy family. My wife will be happy. My children will be happy. My grandchildren will be happy. They're going to be blessed. So I make a firm decision on the day I accepted Jesus Christ. I will not follow the pattern of my ancestor of flirting around, committing adultery, cheating, anything. Stop here. I'm going to set a new standard for my family. I will obey God. I will not do like Adam. I want to obey God from now on. I set a new standard for Laoha Prasit family. And Pasada is happy. Because she married a man who really set a godly standard. And now we can see that God bless her. God bless the, my children and grandchildren. Because I repent of my sin. I agree with God. And say, God, if this is wrong in your eyes, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to turn around. Actually, it just happened a few days ago. I read the, I study Bible and read the scripture about Jesus say that if somebody slap on your right face, turn the left side. Jesus say that if anyone offend you, you forgive them and you not only forgive, do good to them. When I read that scripture, God's Holy Spirit spoke to me. You need to repent right now. Why God? Because sometimes you think about somebody who offended you in the past and you want to kick their butt. You want to use the taekwondo. I'm third degree black belt. I just kick and punch you. And I, have, I still have that feeling sometimes that I want to punch people who cheat me, who borrow my money and don't return money to me. And I'm really mad sometimes because I'm a human being. But when I read the scripture, God, I'm sorry, I repent. From now on, I'm going to do good to those who hurt me, who has done wrong to me. I repent. I'm sorry, Lord. I've been a pastor for many years. I still need to repent. (laughs) I'm not a perfect man. But when God warned me something, I repent because I want God to bless me. I want to agree with God. So that's number one. How many people in this room never, never Make mistake, raise your hand up. So if God confronts you with something, will you repent? Or will you just, oh, God has grace for me. God going to grace me anyway. I'm going to continue in sin. Don't do that. Even though God has grace, but it means, that, that grace, it may mean that the spanking, the discipline may delay for a few years, but eventually he's going to stop being merciful and he's going to say, okay, I'm going to show love to you by bam, spank you. Actually, God told me to teach a message soon and very soon about God's discipline. Oh, that sermon, everyone's going to have to put the seatbelt on. How God disciplines his people. I will not tell you which Sunday because you're going to disappear from this room. God discipline. Okay, so the first one is repentance. Second one, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 to 2. If you, if, everyone say if. Is it a condition? It's a condition. If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations. How many people want to have promotion? How many people want to have good fame and reputation? How many people want to see that when people look at you, they say, wow, wow, they're so blessed. He will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings with S, S, many blessings, shall come upon you. Something come upon you, good things, and overtake you, grab you, and will not let you go. Wherever you go, the blessings will go with you. You cannot take it off. It just keeps on you. Overtake you if you heed the voice of the Lord your God. Second principle. We need to be 
disciplined, diligent, studious in reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and listening to good anointed teaching, so that you can put it into practice. Whatever God say to you, you say, "Okay, I'm going to obey this teaching." God can speak to you two ways. Number one, through logos, through the written word in the Bible. Number two, to Rema. Rema is the word of God by the Holy Spirit. This is my experiences in the past 40 years. This is what I noticed. Before I preach something, I study the Bible seriously about that subject. For example, I preach about the goodness of God. I study about the goodness of God and maybe about 25 sermons in the YouTube right now. I study about spirit-led living. It's about 24 sermons in the YouTube. I study about the great grace of God upon our life. Talk about the grace of God, the, the favor of God upon our life. All this subject. And I noticed one thing in my own life. That whatever I study and I preach and I put it into practice, that thing happened to me. I experienced a lot of grace of God in the past many years because I believe in the grace of God. I experienced the goodness of God so much because I preach and believe and practice the goodness of God. In fact, lately, I noticed that I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit almost all the time now. Almost all the time. When, when I do drive the car, sit, listen to people, wake up in the morning, God spoke to me. Do you know that the Lord Jesus Christ was led by the Holy Spirit 24-7 all the time. He heard the witness of the Spirit in his heart all the time. He did not go by what he thinks. He go by the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened to me. Because I studied about being led by the Holy Spirit. Now I know and I experience about being led by the Holy Spirit. I give you example. This morning I woke up. Oh, I have so many examples. Just keep one because I don't have time. This morning I woke up. And I really have limited time to come to church. Need to get dressed, get ready, prepare. Actually, so many things going on to get to church. And suddenly I heard the voice in my heart called New York. Okay, I have only a few, 10 minutes before I have to leave my house to come to church on time. But I obey the Holy Spirit. I call New York, call one of the men in New York who run the church there. He said, oh, Pastor Lau. You called the right timing. I really need to talk to you. And when I start to open my mouth and talk to him by the leading of the Holy Spirit all the time, every sentence come out of my mouth. Every time I say something, he say, oh, this is a question I have. You answer me right now. Then I say nothing. Oh, you answer me again. So the whole conversation answer all his questions and he need to know as soon as possible. I call it the right timing. And I answer all the questions without even the question. Bam, bam, bam. Who know all these questions in his heart? The Holy Spirit. And who told me to say those sentences? The Holy Spirit. Is it wonderful? We call living a supernatural life. I want to live a supernatural life. So I want to encourage all of you to really get the advantage of listening to all the series in the internet. Being led by the Spirit, or Spirit-led living, or Great Grace, or the teaching called Keys to Success. All these things, and you get into your heart, you practice it. And the Bible promises that if you obey the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all His commandments, which I command you this day, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations. I have been Christian like this for all these years. I remember... When I was a brand new believer, one year old, I moved to eastern top part of Thailand with Pastor Da. We just got married, newly wed. We went there. She worked for a bank called Thai Military Bank. Her salary was about 150 or something dollars a month. 150 dollars. Is that right? If I'm not mistaken. You don't remember? Okay, I remember. 150 dollars. I work for the Thai government and I work in my own clinic. And my income each month about $1,200. I 
something like that. So after I became a Christian for one year, I studied the Bible and found that, oh, I should not cheat God. I should give 10% to God of my income. My first reaction is this. If I give 10% of my income, it's equal to Pasadar's salary. So it means it's really, she worked for free. I think that way. She worked for free. Why need to give the church 10%? Because her salary equal to my 10%. No, no, no. This is not good reason to give. Because why she worked and give all that money to church, to God, not to church, to God. But I decided to practice Deuteronomy 28. I'm going to obey. So we decided to give that 10%, which is equal to her income of each month. Within a few months, my income in my clinic Double from $1,200 a month. This is like a long time ago, 35 years ago. And double to $2,400 a month. And I can pay off my governmental debt. I accumulate money and pay off, pay off until I can move to America. I don't have any debt when I move to America. So you can see that God paid me back double. He said, give 10%, but he gave me double. We never outgive God. So, you see, I need to make decision to obey what the Bible say. And I see the breakthrough. I can see in this New Hope International Church, all the members who give 10% are blessed. Have the promotion, have the big bonus, and all the churches that associate with us and give 10%, they're all blessed financially. It's amazing because they obey the book here. They are not rebelling against God. The key to being successful and victorious is number one, repentance. Don't live in sin. Don't continue in sin. Repent. Two, study the Bible. Listen to good teaching. Obey what the Bible say and submit to God. Number three, Matthew 6, 14. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. Ephesians 4, 30 to 32. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. That is the last thing you want to do. Do not offend or vex or sadden him by whom you were sealed, marked, branded as God's own secured. For the day of redemption of final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequences of sin. There are consequences of sin or rebellion. Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath and quarreling and slander be banished from you. In other words, we we repent. We don't want to live in sin. Be banished from you with all malice, which means speak bad about somebody else. And become useful and helpful and kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. The third key is to live in forgiveness. Always forgive people. My brother and sister, let me ask this question. Is there any one of you in this room have never been offended, cheated, or mistreated in your life? Raise your hand up. Have you been mistreated? Have you been cheated sometime? Have you been falsely accused sometime? We have been facing some offense. We also face the sin of other people. So what usually we respond is, I am mad at you. I am bitter against you. I don't like this. I'm going to curse you. My dear brothers and sisters, living in unforgiveness, bitterness, Destroy your own life. Let them go. God can give you back more than what they cheat you. Anyway, let them go. Forgive them. Because unforgiveness will destroy you. The Bible says clearly that if you don't forgive, you will be tortured. I believe that the torturers are demons. And sickness and disease. And accident and problems. People who live in bitterness and unforgiveness will face the torturing this situation. I never forget about a story of a woman. In fact, I believe that 
Many sicknesses come from unforgiveness. This lady, this is a true story. This lady, she had incurable cancer in her body. And she went to all kinds of crusade, lay hand by evangelists. People who have gift of healing, lay hand on her, keep going to different church and meeting to get lay hand on because she's dying from cancer. And one day, she came to meet our friends. This happened in Seattle. She came to meet our friends who ministered to her, this husband and wife ministered to this lady. And this couple asked this lady, are you mad at anybody right now? Do you really have bitterness against anybody? She said, yes, I have bitterness against my ex-husband. He dumped me. He got another girlfriend and remarried, and I'm a single now. Who else did you bitter against? My God. Why? Because I'm mad at God that God allowed this to happen to me, that my husband walked away from me. Suddenly, this couple say, can I ask you to do something? Can you bow down, pray, repent, and forgive your ex-husband and forgive your God? She did. She bowed down and prayed. God, I'm sorry. I have been bitter against my husband, ex-husband, and you. I forgive you and forgive my ex-husband. I let them go. All this bitterness. Right after she prayed, the cancer started to heal up. And she get completely healed from cancer. Torture, sickness, and disease come from unforgiveness. My brother and sister, not worth it. Let go. Let go. Maybe you have been offended by your parents. Your parents ignore you. They just live their own life. They don't take care of you. You may be offended by your sibling, brother and sister, or by your co-worker, or by your ex-boss, or whatever. Whoever, let them go. Forgive them. Move on with your life. Go to the promised land. Go to the blessing of God. Amen? Pastor Da, can you forgive me? Always. <laughs> the person that you have a hard time forgiving is person in your own home. Very hard to forgive your wife or your husband because you think that you deserve something better from them. So sometimes you offend each other in your marriage. You need to forgive. Forgive your husband. Forgive your wife. Forgive your children. Forgive your parents. Forgive your sibling. Let them go. Move on. Amen. So that is number three. Number four, the fourth principle. Number one, repentance. Number two, get to know the word, practice the word, obey what God says. Don't be rebellious, don't be stiff-necked, don't be disobedient. Obey God. Number four, Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. Faith is the hand that receives Salvation. You have been saved from death, from sickness, from disease. You have been saved from accident, from losing job, unemployment, from broken family, divorce, all kinds of problems in this world. You have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. First John chapter 5, verse 4. For Whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. Number four, keep growing in the measure of faith. Faith is so important. Why Joshua and Caleb could enter the promised land? Because they had faith. That's why they had victory. Amen? I want to really encourage you. This is your homework. Keep building faith. More and more. Because the more faith you have, the bigger mountain can be removed from you. You have faith in the promises of God, in the character of God. And how can you build your faith? You build your faith by three ways. Number one, keep hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. I tell you, I work so hard to produce a lot of teachings in the internet. 
My members may not understand my heart. I loved you and I want you to be victorious, blessed, fruitful and well-to-do, healthy and strong. And I know that in order for you to have faith, you need to hear the word. You need to listen to the word of God. That's why I work so hard to produce teachings, many teachings in the internet so that my members can listen to the word of God. I know and I know when I stand before Jesus on the last day, I stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ. Jesus could not say to me, oh, bad pastor, bad shepherd, you don't feed my sheep. You just live for yourself. No way, Jose. Jesus is going to say to me, good and faithful servant. You worked so hard all this year to produce good teaching, recording, putting into the internet so that people can listen. But in the same way, on that day when you stand before Jesus, you stand before Jesus. You cannot have excuses. My pastor never fed me. He never feed anything to me. Jesus is going to smile at you and say, I'm sorry, you lie. He worked so hard to feed you, but you don't care. You don't listen. You spend time doing something else, watching bad news, watching all kind of bad things in the internet. Spend your time in nonsensical things instead of feeding yourself with the word of God to build your faith. I'm stronger today than 10 years ago. I'm not crying easily. I'm not worried easily anymore. Anything come to me, I still can smile. I have faith. I can pray. I believe in the promise of God and things going to go well. I have faith. Faith will make you happy. Faith will give you victory. If you are sick, you have faith, you say, go away. In the name of Jesus, sickness will go away. Is that right? You can have faith in everything that God promised in the Bible. Faith for healing, faith for divine health, faith for prosperity, for work, for wisdom, faith for direction, for guidance of God, faith for how to build family, how to raise your kids. You pray for your children. You have faith to pray for your children. You have faith. Amen? I want to have the faith that can move the mountain. Second way to build faith is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit of God will bring the faith of God, not your own faith. The faith of God will fill your heart by the Spirit. Number three, hang around or associate with people of faith. You will be like who you hang around with. If you hang around with negative people, doubtful people, complaining, very fear, you hang around with the internet that talk about COVID-19 and fear, 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 die, 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 die. You're going to be full of fear because you hang around with those news. I'd rather hang around with God. Faith. Hang around with people who have faith so that I can have faith. Is that right? Faith will give you victory. Miracles, breakthroughs, signs and wonders, good breaks. Faith will give you victory. James chapter 2, 17 to 26. That's also faith by itself. If it does not have works, it's dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. What is the difference between believers and demons? Both believers and demons believe that Jesus is God. But demons do not obey, do not have works. But true Christians believe and works. Take action of what they believe. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scriptures was fulfilled, which say, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man, mean Abraham, 
Abraham is a man of faith. When God told him, you're going to be the father of nations. He was 90 years old. He got the baby when he was 100 years old. When the baby became a young boy, he was more than 100 years old. And God said, you give your boy to the altar, killed him to offer to me as an offering. In his heart and his mind, wow, I'm more 100 years old. I believe that God is going to give me a son again, either by resurrection or Sarah, my wife, is going to get pregnant again. Even though I'm more than 100 years old, we can still have the baby. He had faith. And did he work? Did he put Isaac on the altar? Yes. His faith followed by works. And God said, okay, stop, stop. I just want to test your faith that you really have faith in me. He is a man justified by works, not by faith only. Faith without work is not real faith. Likewise was not Rahab, the harlot. You know the story of Rahab. She was a prostitute, but by faith she took action to help the spies from the Hebrews. Also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. When we really have faith, we're going to see the victory. But true faith will follow by actions, by deeds, by works. I give you an example. When I was a new believer, maybe two or three years old believer, I read the scripture. Oh, Jesus will build his church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And the Bible says Jesus loved his church. He died for the church. When I read that right away to me, God loved his church so much, I need to love the church too. Right away, from that minute on, I walk by faith by committing my life to a good local church. And I serve, I serve, I go to church every Sunday. I Volunteer, whatever you want me to do. I serve here. I'm going to love the church of Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus loved the church. I'm going to exercise my faith by doing what he told me to do, by serving in the church. My faith come out in my action. I'm not just talking about it. My dear brother and sister, there are two kinds of Christians. I hope you don't feel that I condemn you. One kind of Christian we call Greek Christians. Greek Christians are those who like to study all the deep Hebrew and Greek and doctrine and knowledge in the Bible. To record their brain and they can boast that they know the Bible a lot. But you don't see any action at all. But another kind of Christians are those who are Hebrew Christian. They study the Bible to know what God wants me to do. What kind of action I should have in my life? Do you know that one day Jesus is going to come back? On that day, as believers, our body will be resurrected if we die before Jesus comes back. We're going to have a new body on that day, on the second coming of Jesus. Our spirit from heaven will joy our body. And we're all going to stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. On that day, he will not say to you, Da, good. Your Bible knowledge is pretty good. Oh, you have three diplomas from the Bible school. You have a title of being a pastor in the church. You can quote Greek and Hebrews. You can read the Bible upside down. Good. Will he say that? No. He say, good and faithful servants. What does it mean, the word servant? Do something. Pull up your sleeve. I promise God from the first day I became a Christian, if I'm not tied up with the emergency, craniotomy, craniotomy means brain surgery, in the hospital, I will be in the church every Sunday. I will serve God. If you tell me to do something, I will be there. I will be faithful to the end. I will not play game, yo-yo up and down. Today I feel good. Sunshine, so I'm going to go hiking on Sunday. No, I'm going to be in the church on Sunday. I want to be a faithful servant of God. 
I want to exercise my faith in actions. And that's the reason why I tell you, I'm not better than you. Actually, when I talk to some people, they're much smarter than me. One person is young in the church. Brother Young, amazing. He's so smart. I'm not that smart like him. But God bless me because I have been faithful. I have been walking in faith, by faith and obedience all these years. I want to encourage you. The key to victory is faith and obedience. Last one, and I will finish. Matthew 6.33. But seek, aim at, and strive after first of all his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. Seeking the kingdom of God first. I want to give you last testimony. Seeking the kingdom of God first and God going to provide for you. I came to America in 1985. Went into neurosurgery training. It take about eight years of training. By the end of my training... Last six months, the church, only maybe 30, 40 members. I did not take salary from this church. I, medical school, six years. Neurosurgery training in Thailand, another four years. Another eight years here, eight, 12, 20 years after high school to be a neurosurgeon. But I'm graduating and have no job. I have two choices. There's a job open in Florida. Another job open in Kentucky. The salary, $300,000 a year. I talked to Pastor Da. Should we move to Florida to get the job? But we have to close the church down because no pastor. I'm the only pastor at that time. The church was small. Pastor Da looked at me and said, those who love money more than God are not worthy of the kingdom. I repented and say, okay, I'm going to trust God and seek the kingdom of God first. I'm going to stay here to continue to be the pastor even though I have no guarantee of any salary at all. And I have to feed my family. I'm willing to take the risk by seeking the kingdom of God first without salary. And after 20 years of education after high school, after I say, yes, honey, I stay. I'm not leaving Seattle. I can continue to pastor this church. That was 1992, end of 1992. One week after I say yes to God, God tested me. I got a phone call during dinner time. Hello, this is Dr. Pete Ketley. I'm a neurosurgeon in Bellevue. I want to offer you a job. Bellevue? Wow. Microsoft, Boeing workers, all people with good insurance. Sure. Can you talk to your boss, uh, to my boss for me? I don't want to offend my boss. I want to make sure he give me the blessing to work for you. Because at that time, my boss, Dr. H. Richard Wynn, would not allow any resident or any student to stay in town. Everyone have to leave. He doesn't want anybody to compete with him. Get out of this city. Go out. Everyone go find a job somewhere else. So could you please ask Dr. Wynn, my boss, to see whether he... Bless me to have the job in Bellevue. He talked to Dr. Wynn, and Dr. Wynn said, Yes, Dr. Mum, Pastor Lau, Dr. Lau can stay in Bellevue. Hallelujah. I got the best job in town. I seek the kingdom of God first, and the Lord fulfilled my desire. And I can stay without taking money from the church. I actually can give to the church with my salary, 10% to the church every month. Seek the kingdom of God first. Number one, I'll continue another time, not next Sunday, because next Sunday is uh, Easter Sunday. Number one, repentance. Be a repentant Christian. Treat the Lord Jesus as your Lord, your master. Two, get into the word, practice the word of God. Take serious, be diligent, and discipline. In study the Bible and also listening to good teaching and do what the word of God say. Three, forgiveness. Forgive people around you. You have to practice forgiveness all the days of your life. Believe me. You may have to forgive your (laughs) mother-in-law. You may have to forgive your father-in-law. Four, 
walk by faith. Keep growing in faith. And everything, the, everything that you face, you respond by faith. Don't respond by fear and the flesh. You respond by faith. I believe God is going to take care of this. I believe God is going to come true for me. I believe in the promise of God. You respond by faith. Everything. Five, also seek the kingdom of God first. I have altogether how many keys? Eleven keys. I talk only five keys today. So I will come back and give you more keys. Who wants to be victorious? Who wants to be successful? Who wants to have a successful family? Successful business? Who wants to be blessed? Who wants to be the blessing to others? Follow this principle that I have been doing for all these years. And I have more principle later on. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Everyone says repentance. Everyone say obey the word of God. Obey the Holy Spirit. Everyone say forgiving. Everyone say walking by faith. Everyone say seek the kingdom. First. And all these things shall be added to me. If you are not sure that you are a born again Christian, you're not sure that you really believe in Jesus. In fact, I forget to say one thing quickly. Lately, you notice that there are a lot of bad news around the world. COVID, router, all kinds of bad news around the world. And every time I heard this bad news, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He really spoke to me. He said that, son, do you know that people in this world need the gospel? The answer to the problem in society is that people accept the gospel, which means treat Jesus as Lord and Savior and repent of their sin. The problem in America will not stop. You cannot stop problem in America by giving money to people. Free check. No. You cannot stop problem in America by just producing more laws. Yes, you need more laws because people sin against God. But the real solution of the society problem is the gospel. People give their life to Jesus, surrender to Jesus, and repent of their sins. This is the answer to every man on earth. Every husband, every wife, every parent. If you can do that, you're going to see big victory. Amen? I would like to encourage some of you who are not sure that you are born again and you treat Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. You are not living a life of repentance before God. I want to encourage you to be a real born-again Christian. True born-again Christian. Not just go to church for religion. Not just go to church to fulfill your religious ceremony. But you start to have relationship with Jesus. Turn away from your sin. Treat Jesus as your Lord. Start to read the Bible. Go to church. Grow in the Lord. And really take serious about walking with God. And God will take care of you. God will forgive you. Amen. How many people want Jesus to be your Lord? How many people say, I will repent of my sin. I want to go to heaven. Keep your hand up. Serious? Serious. How many people want to go to heaven? You think heaven is real? Heaven and hell are real. Really. How many people want to be blessed? Follow God. Pray with me. Father in heaven, you are my creator. I did not come from monkey. I came from you, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. For my sin. And I believe. Jesus died on the cross. To pay for my sin. I invite Jesus. To sit on the throne of my life. To be my Lord and my savior. Forgive me Lord. From today on. I will build my relationship with you. I will walk with you. Get to know you more. Lord, bless me. Save me. Help me. Protect me. Guide me. Show me the way. I will walk with you. 
all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.